You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 136 called 23 Websites Teachers Should Know About. In this episode, we'll share 23 unique and exciting websites that can be used by teachers and students for a wide variety of classroom activities. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. for episode 136 very happy about this episode as we are going to bring 23 websites that teachers should know about and what we're hoping or what we're shooting for here is that there's one uh, website that's going to help you out in some certain way whether it's uh, give you some project ideas or give you a whole curation of project of ideas or maybe a one-off uh, how you can use something in your classroom, something along those. And we have a lot of interesting ones for you today. A couple of updates. We just wanted to give you all a shout out again as we uh, surpassed 100,000 downloads. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, we got a lot of feedback on Twitter and a lot of people reaching out, just uh, congratulating us. We really appreciate it. Um, feel free if you listen to go over to Apple Podcasts and help us celebrate our 100K with a review and a rating that would be awesome uh we have uh, isti coming up at the end of june uh we are presenting on monday and i believe it's in the afternoon like four or five o'clock but we'll give you more information on that in a future episode and probably the biggest news uh nick and i have been doing a lot with ai uh we we've been having a lot of fun diving into ai and trying to see how it can help us in education. We've done a couple episodes on AI, some of the tools, and we got some pretty good feedback with that. So what we're going to do is we're going to make a uh, little branch podcast uh, out of, um, off of Got Tech, but we're gonna call it the AI Teacher Podcast. And uh, there'll be little mini episodes uh, that we'll bring to you on our Got Tech feed. So you'll see a little bit different artwork on those episodes. They're going to be extremely shorter. And we're going to also have a YouTube web series that goes along with that. So uh, our plan is to spend less than five minutes on a tool or a function or a usage case of AI and how you could use it in your classroom. And we might showcase a couple tools or a couple ideas or thoughts along the way. And as we fully get submerged in AI and education, we're hoping that other teachers will take the plunge and embrace the possibilities of AI. Yeah, though, and the whole idea is that, you know, in, in 2023, when we're doing this episode and starting this branch podcast that we're telling you about now, um, AI is just a, in its infancy as far as having been released to the world. So it's available to students, it's available to teachers, and if you're listening to our show, then you probably are aware that there's lots of ed tech tools that immediately started incorporating AI in what they do. Lots of new ed tech tools being developed uh, that solely use AI, this artificial intelligence writing, things that will write 
uh, quiz questions for you automatically, things that will summarize articles for you automatically, things that will write your lesson plans automatically. And obviously this is a game changer. And the idea behind this little branch podcast that we're gonna do is, is kind of helping teachers stay ahead of that. And um, you know, we, we we're gonna bring that to this show, to Got Tech, our, our main show, but we thought it would be cool if we housed it in its own location. So I'm super excited about it. Check it out for these new kind of snippets on AI. Yeah, if you do want to check it out, we are currently building that web page, but we're running it live because there's all sorts of information on there already that will be helpful to you as a novice or advanced uh, AI user uh, teacher in your classroom. So if you want to go over and check out that web page, it's theaiteacher.tips. So theaiteacher, all one word, dot tips. And you can check out what we have so far. We have uh, a couple of episodes that we've done with uh, Got Tech that we tagged on there that have to do with AI. We have a blog post, which is a curation of AI tools. It's like a master list. I think we have somewhere between 60 and 80 tools right now that you can use in your classrooms. And uh, we're also going to be dropping um, some of our YouTube videos that we've talked about with AI in there right now to start but in the near future you should start seeing some episodes of um, the AI teacher uh, like I said like Nick said it's going to be under got teched but you're going to see that they're very very short episodes and it's just introducing one tool or one tip and we're not going to put this as a every two weeks type of podcast it's kind of going to be whenever we get around to it because this is a passion project but we are emerging ourselves pretty uh quickly and really uh we do a lot of work with ai right now so we should be uh pushing these out soon this podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network better today better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there you can find out more at teachbettercom slash podcast now let's get back to the episode so put a pin in that. We're going to put that AI in our back pockets as we transition into this episode of Got Tech, which is not about AI. We have had some recent episodes covering that, but this one's not going to be, this is more of like a, you know, a traditional use of the internet. We're just talking websites. And what, what that means is these are not extensions. These will not be standalone apps, although some of them might have those things. We're, we're just going to focus on, you go up to that little URL bar and you type in the website and you go there and it's got some cool stuff. And that can mean lots of different things. Some of these are simulations. Some of these are like informational databases, all sorts of different stuff. Some of them are uh, creation things where you can make music, play music, do all kinds of cool stuff. That's how I would categorize these websites in the theme for today. This is cool stuff, 23 websites that offer really unique things all across the educational spectrum, things that will work for the lower grade students, higher grade students, things that are for teachers, things that you're going to want to push to your students for classroom projects, and some stuff that's just flat out interesting to check out too. So we hope to inspire you with some of these and spark a little, uh, a little creative moment for you to build in some of this stuff uh, into something that you're working on in your classroom. 
And I believe the first one up uh, is called Wonderopolis. I'll, I'll kick it over to you, my friend, because you're the one that found this particular tool. Yeah, Wonderopolis is an informational site that helps kids ask and answer interesting questions about the world. And as I click on this site, I mean, it, the font kind of reminds me of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory a little bit or a rolled doll book. Um, but the whole thing is very inviting. The whole website is very inviting. Uh, and one of the wonders that is up there is where do political symbols come from? Find out how the donkey and the elephant became the official symbols of the two America's largest political parties. Uh, but if you wanted others, you could keep scrolling down. Uh, it covers all different topics. I kind of equate this to Johnny on the spot reading. So it's, it's kind of a little short tidbits that can really interest your students. So up at the top, you have home, you have explore wonders, what are you wondering, and collections. So explore wonders are ones that are out there already. What are you wondering are a place where, te uh, where students can ask, think, ask questions. And then there's collections. So as I go into explore wonders, I could see things like, um, is acid rain dangerous? Where did the earth's water come from? Why do some plants not need sunlight? These types of things. Uh, as I scroll down even further, who is Nellie Bly? Do you believe in magic? Who is Eddie Bernice Johnson? Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a big collection or big array of topics that you can look at. Uh, as you go to the top and you search under collections, we have wonders of the day celebrating black history, wonders of the day celebrating career exploration, celebrating Earth Day. And there's a whole bunch of different things underneath those that kids might wonder about or it might give them you know something to look into they some other collections are celebrating technology women's history hispanic heritage uh, celebrating family learning and so on and so forth so these are collections of wonders uh, that you could do but this is pretty cool because uh, i know in particular my seven-year-old son would love some of these because he questions everything and he wants to know everything so i could see doing one of these like after dinner uh when we're trying to wind down a little bit and just clicking on one of these and talking about it and i think that's uh i think that's pretty cool yeah i mean a lot of kids question everything and you don't want to you want to like encourage that as much as possible i love this kind of stuff and it's the sort of thing that interests me big time you know i would encourage from the educational side of things here this is how you want to be starting off your lessons, right? By instead of up on the board having, here's the objectives for today, and you can still do that, and that's fine. Kids should know what they're about to learn, but maybe more important, or at least to go along with that, see if there's a question like this that inspires wonder uh, to get things rolling. I mean, if you just have up on the board who is blank, some person's name, even if that person is just a small part of the lesson you're about to teach, just just phrasing it in that way is enough to sort of spark an interest in the students that can carry them through that lesson. And uh, you know, I, I know for me, it's a personal goal to do more of this. As a science teacher, there's tons of things to wonder about, and I think you could apply that in lots of different lessons too. That's what what, what jumped out to me with with Wonderopolis is that it's not just 
you know, natural phenomena that link to science, it's, uh, you know, social studies things as well, and all kinds of subject area connections. So that's a, that's a great one. Uh, so the second one we got, which I did not find, our, our supervisor found this and, and shared it after a training that we ran at our school. It's called the Pessimist's Archive, and I'm particularly excited about this one. That's why I put it right at the top of the show, hoping more people listen to it. The idea is that throughout history, as new technologies have developed, um, whenever something new is first released to the public, um, it, is, it tends to be bashed by people and cut down as going to change the world for the worse and how can we institute this new technology? People are not ready for this and we have to stop it. Uh, this came up because as we are trying to prepare our staff for the AI revolution, that's a, that's a lot of what we hear is why is artificial intelligence being shared with the public? People are not prepared for this. Think of all these negative side effects. And you know, while that stuff deserves to be listened to and dealt with, it's worth considering at least. And this website is a, an awesome resource for this. It's worth considering that those types of things and comments have happened literally every single time something new comes out in the world. Going back to, I mean, the, this website, if you go there at the bottom of the screen, it's got a little timeline going back to the like 1800s. And you can click on these little, these little icons. I, I clicked on bicycle, for example, because believe it or not, when the bicycle first came out, and they have 65 newspaper articles here about this, in the 1800s, the bicycle was blamed for all kinds of problems. One of these articles is arguing that the release of the bicycle will turn people insane. It will devastate local economies. It will destroy women's morals. Things that today seem completely ridiculous. And bicycles are ubiquitous in our societies. They're everywhere. Bicycles are awesome. And, you know, they've got tons of these little icons, airplanes, teddy bears. Uh, television, computers, right? All things that humans have learned to live and deal with uh, are listed here. And I, I can guarantee you that artificial intelligence is gonna be on that list. So this is, could be the start of really, really cool stuff in your classroom. Immediately I thought of debates, right? And you can go back historically and have students uh, see some of the silly arguments that have been made about things in the past. Maybe some that aren't so silly, maybe some things that actually did end up being true in terms of negatives. But the, the whole spin here with the pessimists archive is that uh, some of the things that people get hysterical about in a negative sense are unwarranted and it's just this like human nature thing of, of people resisting change. So I love this website, check it out, Google search pessimists archive. Yeah, I like that one. It's a little, it's a little twist, a little spin on the way that we think normally, and I think that bit of reflection will do us a lot of good. And I love how you tie it in our AI conversations into that, and it's definitely a good resource. I believe Jeff, uh, a previous guest of ours, pointed that one out. My next one, I was asked by a teacher uh, to get a collection of live cams on uh, different animals. Uh, this is one thing that I love doing. I, I do this on my spare time, is I'll I'll take a look every once in a while. There's a bald eagle cam where there's like a nesting uh, bald eagle uh, pair. Um, and I'll wait for the little bald eagles to hatch and stuff like that and check in on their on their webcams. My next one is Zoo Montana. 
Zoo Montana is a 70-acre wildlife park located in Billings, Montana. It's the only zoo in bot botanical, I don't know why I can't pronounce that, <laughs> botanical park uh, in Montana. It's currently maintained um, by a bunch of volunteers and, and workers of over 100 animals representing 58 species, and they all live in habitats designed to imitate their natural uh, habitats, which is important. And when you go onto the site, it gives you an introduction to all the animals that are at the zoo, and it tells you a lot about the species, how they got them, it educates you on those species. Uh, if you're out in Montana, they have a lot of really cool events that happen out there. They have a concert coming up uh, soon. But uh, as I said before, you could watch uh, live cams. They call them zoo cams uh, on certain animals. And the ones that are playing today are the bears, uh, Bruno and Ozzy. And my favorite, which I've been watching not move or do much of anything, which is the sloth named Winston. Um, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm really drawn into animals, I love animals, uh, and I just think it's an awesome way to, you know, get students to look at things that they wouldn't, wouldn't normally get a chance to look at, and these uh, high-definition zoo cams, I think, are an awesome way to go. Yeah, I love these things, too. In particular, you mentioned the sloth one. My daughter is obsessed with sloths. We don't know why. We don't know where it came from. We don't even know where she saw her first sloth. It must have been in a book somewhere sometime, but man, I am totally gonna show her the sloth webcam here. If it's any reason why I love sloths, it's because of Zootopia. Okay. I don't know if you ever saw that that movie, little kids uh, animated right. movie. Uh, the sloths are the workers at the DMV. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. If you haven't watched it, make sure you check out Zootopia. It's a good plug. It is absolutely hilarious. The other thing to consider was Zoo Montana, and um, you know I mentioned debates when it comes to pessimists archive. This would be cool. This this is a, a high quality zoo, right? You you mentioned that they their enclosures are not these these little jail cell type things, right? They're trying to mimic the animal's natural environment as much as possible. So I know some of the ecology classes or ecology units at our school uh, this would fit into as like you know, trying to build an argument about zoos in general. Are they good? Are they bad? Are some good and are some bad? And I think this would be a, a positive example of a good one. And their website is an awesome spot to start. My next tool, our fourth one on the list is called Patatap. It's patatap.com, P-A-T-A-T-A-P, -A -T -A -T -A um, which is also, man, what's that called when it's the same spelling forwards and reverse? Pal palindrome? palindrome? Yeah, it's palindrome. Um, Patatap is, I don't want to call it pointless, it's almost pointless. This is, is sort of like a brain break type activity. If you've got that type of a thing in your classroom, maybe a digital brain break space, this would be a cool one to put there. Uh, it is, the website itself is a, just a screen, a, a gray screen with nothing on it. Um, what you can't see is that that screen, that gray area is broken up into different regions. And when you click on those different regions, it makes a different sound and gives you a different visual. I'm gonna actually try to do this on my laptop now. I'm not sure how much of the sound is gonna be picked up by our speakers here, but just to give you a sense of it. So 
So, th so those sounds are just me moving my cursor to different areas and, and clicking. Uh, the same thing is going to happen if you hit different keys on your keyboard. Every single one makes a different sound and gives you a different image. And if you hit the space bar, it's going to cycle between screens, so it's going to change from gray to pink and yellow and green. And each color is an entirely different, basically a different soundboard that will give you different results. Um, I find the sounds particularly relaxing. Uh, it's fun to just sort of click around and mess with. As far as a purely educational use, uh, you'd have to get super creative there. Like I said, I just think it's a, it's a fun little way to rest your brain and give, and give yourself something entertaining to do uh, before you move on to that next project. So check it out at patatap.com. Yeah, I, I like these little creative, like almost like brain break type yeah. uh, resources and websites. Uh, the next one that I'm getting into, it's called Teacher Vision, and it's kind of like a teacher paid teachers, but it's different. Uh, I, I feel like this one's geared to more of a stu student-centered uh, learning approach. Uh, they have things called PACS on here. Uh, you do get a couple of free resources to start off, but one thing I like about this is it gives you a, a lot of the background of the activity. So when I go into one of these PBL ones, because that's the one that I clicked on, and you click on it, and I'm clicking on the one that says, make a terrarium, all right? And when you click on it, it it's gonna give you the activity, and it gives you a pretty good feel for the activity. There's a video that kind of explains it. It explains what the content is, how it's all connected, things like that. And if anything, uh, I think this is just a great way to get an idea about something that you can go out and create. Uh, so it's going to tell you in this particular pack, uh, it's, there's stuff in there for the teacher, such as the lesson plan, step-by-step -step instructions, everything that you need for the activities. And then the students get a full-color student pack complete with all the printables and instructions and research activities. Just print or share and teach. All right. So it, cut, it has everything as far as the different parts of that lesson. For this one, it's uh, parts of the water cycle, making a terrarium, water cycle story, planning a skit, uh, presenting water cycle skits. So there's five parts to it. Five milestones is what they call it. Uh, it gives you a list of all the resources. It tells you what grade it's for. This is for third grade. Uh, provides an overview. Uh, how you can get your students into groups, the sequence and pacing, and what technology that you need. All right, so, and it also gives you a kind of a preview of what the um, student and teacher pack looks like. Uh, I think it's uh, just a great way to get some ideas uh, for something that you want to do in your classroom. So simply just go in there, set your grade scale, set search for your topic and see what comes up. Maybe you could get inspired by something and change it up and, and have students make it based on an idea that you took from Teacher Vision or pay for the premium pack or uh, pay for a membership onto the site. My favorite link here is called Themes. So if you go to their, their homepage and click on Themes or hover on Themes, it's gonna give you a menu of just tons of different stuff, foods, green activities, heroes, insects and bugs, and I just clicked on uh, one called Human and Animal Homes. 
just as something random. So to give you an example, when you go there and click on one of these themes, it's gonna pull up um, tons of resources related to that theme. So there's a link that takes you to um, a resource about how to build a house. They have a film strip about how to build a house. They have a book about how to build a house. Uh, they have images of people building homes and the different steps to it. Pictures of different types of shelters, just all the resources you might need for a project about building a house. This can relate to social studies and the different types of homes that exist in different cultures around the world. This can relate to science because it touches on different animal homes and similarities between the places that animals live. They've got it then grouped into history resources, social studies resources, technology resources, animal habitats, all different things but centered around this common theme. Super cool and uh, this is like you know, for modern teaching and sort of giving kids tasks and project-based learning. What an awesome place to start. So I, I like that one a lot. I also like my next one, and this is not gonna be as, uh, the, the scale is, is smaller on this one than it is with Teacher Vision. Teacher Vision could work for any teacher. Mine is called riversticks.com, S-T-Y-X, riversticks.com. Um, because this is, this is about, um, you know, it's a resource for mythological, um, you know, gods and goddesses. If you teach that in, like, say, an English class, I know when I was in high school, we had a unit on that, like Zeus and Hades and all these different, um, you know, historical figures uh, from ancient Greece, then this would be great. If you don't teach any of those things, then you're going to skip right over this, except maybe for one purpose, which I'll get into in a second. I just want to read everybody what's on the home screen of this website. Um, it's very visual. There's an audio component, so what I'm about to read, the students can click um, a little audio button, a speaker, and it's going to read them this out loud along with uh, a little video that plays as it reads. But there's some dude standing in a boat, and he's rowing that boat across a river. And next to that it says, I am Sharon, not sure how you say it, your God. As the boatman who transports all souls of the dead across the river Styx, I will help you navigate your way through its watery tributaries. As you travel with me down the river, read from my musings that I've scattered throughout the voyage over the past 4,000 years. And if you think yourself worthy, offer your own ideas or ask a question. View others' questions and ask, uh, and, ans- and provide answers at the Ask Sharon bookshelf in the library. So this whole thing is a series of um, videos, challenges, there's a lot of games built in, sort of centered around this, you know, these mythological figures. So you're learning about them, but it's fun because there's games, like I said, there's challenges, there's stories, there's a library where, that you can interact with, and uh, there's a menu along the top of the website uh, that lists different realms, like uh, they have a zombie one, there's a limbo one, there's a there's one called the Falls, the Cave of Persephone. Cool stuff. Now, I'm never going to use this because I teach chemistry. However, what I really liked about this is it kind of reminds me of some of the websites that, that you and I build for uh, Escape the Room challenges, where the kids are sort of in this digital website world and they're interacting with the information and the audio and the video on these websites. So while I'm not gonna use it, it did give me lots of great ideas to sort of build out a digital 
world space that might work in my own classroom. So it's really cool. Uh, Riversticks.com. Yeah, this one's awesome. I, I've been playing around with it since you started talking about it, and I actually forwarded it to our Latin teacher because uh, I think she'll be able to use River Sticks in her classroom maybe uh, after the AP exams because mythology is a big part of, of Latin and the, uh, the classroom. So awesome job there. All right, my next one, and I very rarely talk about math tools. I don't know why, but I've noticed that I shy away from math tools. I really like math, except for geometry I struggle with, but, you know, that's a topic for a different day. Uh, mine is called the Math Learning Center, which offers a comprehensive standards-based math program, as well as an innovative supplemental resources. So when you go onto the website, uh, you're going to have some tabs up at the top, curriculum, apps, uh, for educators, for families, about in store. What I want to point out is the for educator spot. Here you could get professional development. You could find free lessons and publications. You can find blog posts, and they have their own podcast. All right, when I go into the free lessons and publications, they have grade-specific collections here such as the pre-k story collections box it or bag it uh, problem solving with story boxes learning to think mathematically that's for k through five uh, there are bridge breakouts there are practice books math in the mind's eye that's for grades one through twelve so we have things extending from pre-k all the way up to twelve there's a whole bunch of different things. You click on one of them, and what it's going to do is it's going to uh, give you options to download PDFs for the activity. Uh, so they have bugs across the curriculum for K through two. They have frogs across the curriculum also for K through two. So you can kind of give them, and there's another one actually, uh, sea creatures across. So you can basically run the same activity with three different creatures and have the students pick what they want to do. There's also a grade level three uh, make change a money game bridges uh, breakout that you could download the PDF and it's, it's pretty easy to get to but uh, you could keep scrolling down they have stuff K through third grade on this one there's a fifth grade one uh, data analysis exploring the mean mode and range All right. and it seems like it's uh, gamified and when you go and download all these resources, it's pretty simple. It automatically throws up a preview and it gives you everything you need. Uh, as far as the introduction, uh, it breaks down the pacing, things like that. It gives you your lesson plan, a full lesson plan for you to look at. And then it goes into how you're gonna set up uh, all the uh, teaching and activities throughout the whole thing. So it has everything there, it's 100% it's free and uh, it looks pretty cool. All right, my next one, I'm gonna do fast because what it does is pretty simple. It's called Talking Points at talkingpts.org. Um, this is great for all teachers. If you have students whose family members speak a different language and you're trying to communicate with them, clearly that can be a challenge and most of that burden is gonna be on, on that family, right? Because you are probably gonna email or reach out in English 
and they, it, they may not be able to read that, which might result in them not reading it or struggling to read it and not getting important messages. Um, so talking points will allow you to essentially text or, or chat back and forth um, while it automatically does the translating for you, which is so super cool. So if you can picture that you, the teacher, you send uh, a message, and they have an app for this, um, you send the message uh, in English, and as that message goes to the family, it's automatically translated to whatever language they want, and then they can message back in their own language, and it automatically switches it back to English for you. So from the two groups' perspective, there, there is, you're just talking to each other, right? You don't really even know that there's a language barrier happening. Uh, the benefits of this are super clear, and I think this has great potential. With any tool like this, of course, you're gonna wanna clear it with your, your school's uh, IT department first to make sure that it's okay to be pushing this out. Um, but I would strongly encourage it. It looks like a really, really awesome tool. That is uh, talkingpoints.org. Yeah, that's an awesome communication. It solves a problem. It's just a great tool to have. Uh, we'll keep going with the fast-paced rundown. This one is a site sponsored by the Smithsonian Science Education Center. It's called Aquation, A-Q-U-A-T-I-O-N. It's a freshwater access game. And basically, they're talking about um, salinity and desalinizing water uh, and how that's becoming more and more costly, especially with the inflation of goods and things like that. Uh, this is gamified. It's in your classroom, but it allows students to play a game. What they have to do is they have to come up with a strategy of balance and water quality for the whole world. So certain areas, basically it costs a certain amount of money to make pipes that are going to connect the water and then you have, have the process of taking the salt out of the water and that costs money but as you spend money you gain fresh water that people can drink and things like that and uh, as you play the game certain things come up like uh, you know you can get educated on something, but it's gonna cost money. Or you develop a new way of doing stuff so you save money. Or you found a way to speed up, or there's a natural disaster which damaged the property, which is gonna cost you money. And basically, you try to keep the whole world getting fresh water, even through all these catastrophes and different events that are happening. Now, yes, it's a game. And yes, they should be learning something. If anything, they're learning about budget and they're learning about the process of taking salt out of, um, you know, salt water to get fresh water. They should understand that stuff. But they, they also get to understand a little bit indirectly of the politics that go into this stuff and how much money that we're investing into the sciences that might help us get these resources that we need. So check out Equation. Uh, it will be in the show notes. There'll be a link there. Just check it out. I think it's uh, it's a neat experience for students, for sure. I love that kind of stuff so much where it, it just is cross-curricular and ties in all these different aspects like economics and science, and it's gamified at the same time. So cool. Um, this next one's really cool, too. This is number 10 on the list. It's called everynoise.com. I just shared this with... Um, our, our music teacher here, there's a history of rock and roll class where I think this is gonna apply. 
But um, you know, we can make this interactive too. So here, I, I have a task for everybody listening. I want you to, when I'm done with this, hit pause on your phone or your, your whatever, however you're listening to us and try and just think of as many different music genres as you can. Okay, hit pause. And if you've done that, you maybe thought of four, five, six different genres, right? Maybe you got hip hop, uh, rock and roll, classical, jazz. Uh, there's four that I could rattle off at the top of my head. If you really put time into it, you could come up with a bunch more, right? Um, but if you head to everynoise.com, you will find a list of, I was gonna say hundreds, I think there's thousands of different, um, these are called micro genres of music listed out. Uh, they are all grouped is, you know, so that if all of the, the rock micro genres fall within a certain region and the pop ones fall in a certain space, um, and there's just, there's so many, it's ridiculous for me to even, I'm just gonna throw some names out here. So, you know, here's, here's a common one, alternative rock. And then next to that is Mississippi Indie. And beneath that is Denton, Texas Indie. And then if I scroll way down to the bottom, there's Czech Folk Rock and Western Mass Indie. And if I go way down to the bottom, we get out of the rock section altogether and there's a micro genre called Persian traditional. And then even further than that, uh, there's another one called Hungarian classical piano. All the classical stuff is like way at the bottom. There's a hip hop section. There's an EDM section. Here's one called uh, Spanish pop rock, country pop, comic metal, J rock. You haven't heard of any of these things because nobody has, but whoever made everynoise.com put them all in one place. So cool just for understanding that there's this many things out there. I'll, I'll also add that each of these uh, micro genres is a clickable link. So when you click it, it'll play a, a song, a sample of that music. So you can also sort of engage in it uh, in, in that way. What an awesome website, everynoise.com. Yeah, I really like that one, especially as a teacher where we try to bring in culture into our classrooms. Uh, we could play some of these uh, genre clips for our students and introduce them to not only some of the traditional stuff within that culture, but maybe some of the other stuff that comes out of that area, which is really, really cool. Uh, I think maybe I should share, even though it's going out of order, I'm gonna share the one that I have that is similar to that, and it's called Radio. It's uh, R-A-D-I and then five O's. And it allows you to discover music from all over the world. So Nix was kind of a collection of all these genres all over a web page. If you think of a, uh, a word map or something like that, that's kind of what his website makes it seem like. It's, it's everywhere. And you just click on it yep. and you hear it. Mine is, it has a world map. And you click on the area within the world map and it's going to play something from that area. So maybe a little bit easier to get to culturally, but not as many different genre variations as what Nick's uh, website has. So that is radio. And I'll hop into my next one. I'm gonna clump my next two together real quick uh, because these are my two favorite science websites that I use uh, in my classroom when I teach science. Uh, the first one is called um, Data Nuggets. And then the other one is HHMI Bio Interactive. 
So I'll go over both of these real quick. HHMI Biointeractive is real science, real stories, and real data to engage students in the exploring, uh, when they explore the natural world. And that's basically what biology is all about, exploring the natural world. When you go into Biointeractive, they have some of the best science videos that I've ever seen. And those science uh, videos are so interesting. Uh, it brings out some of the awesome species, awesome scientific work, and things like that. This site has a lot of different resources. All right, it will connect these videos with PBL activities, case-based studies, claims evidence reasoning, and assignments that uh, allow students to work with real data that's being collected by real scientists. And it allows them to compare their conclusions with the conclusions from the study. And that's what science is. It's to get the students curious about a topic and then they have to come up with a way to solve a problem. They have to identify the problem, solve the problem, come up with that whole process of solving the problem, and then try to explain what they saw or what they created or, or basically the end game of the, the experiment is a conclusion, and that conclusion should be built on scientific principles that they've learned about. And it really brings this whole lesson full circle they have tons and tons and tons of resources uh, for you here. And you can separate it out by keyword or by level, resource types. So some of the resource types that you have are activities, videos, or interactive media. They have a lot of simulations in there. Uh, they have all different levels. I'm going to just choose uh, general high school. And you could go into the different topics. They sell. Uh, kind of make these into the units that we teach in in science so I'm going to go to ecology at the high school level and videos and um, the mystery behind the buffalo boom I don't really even know what that is but it sounds cool <laughs> the Serengeti nature's living laboratory uh, from ants to grizzlies a general rule for saving biodiversity trophic cascades in salt marsh ecosystems I mean there's tons of them in here and it allows you to look at the scientific studies and the skills and look at the data. My other one is data nuggets and data nuggets is kind of the same thing when it comes to the data portion of this. Uh, it will give you a study that is happening right now, real scientists, real data, and it will give students the activity to go along with that. A lot of times I just use the data in data nuggets and I will project it onto my whiteboard I'll be like, all right, as I do now, you have the next three minutes to look at this data and tell its story. If you could tell the story behind it, then you probably know all the background information that you need to understand this study. If you can't, as a class, we have to go do some research so we can tell a story on this uh, graph or this data, and, and then we'll move forward together as a class. But that's kind of how I get my it's like a pretest without them knowing that it's a pretest. I want to see what we know in order to progress in this topic. If everyone knows it, why spend time on it? Why spend time getting to know the background stuff when we could get down and dirty with the data? And I think that's very important. So check out Biointeractive, HHMI, and Data Nuggets. Yeah, for science teachers, and you can lump math and other stuff in there too. Those sites are, are awesome, and you got to get in there. 
since you did two, I'll do two as well. The, the first one I'll go through quickly because it's very specifically for computer science teachers, uh, which I am not one, so I, I can't comment much on this other than to say it sounds super cool. It is called NAND Game, N-A-N-D Game, and NAND Game is going to take the experience of building a computer, which is complicated, complicated as that sounds, something a lot of students do just on their own time if they're into computers. These, you can do that. You can buy the components. You can bring this to your classroom digitally with NAND Game, so it's going to allow you to kind of drag and drop different components of a PC into this digital space where the the PC you're designing then comes together. It's gamified, so there's different levels and challenges. And once you accomplish like the first initial basic setup, and you pass and you get to go on to the next level, and it's all done for you. Could be really cool if this is the type of thing that you're addressing in your computer science class. That's at nandgame.com. The next one I've got is, is extremely unique. Um, I could see this fitting in in a couple places, an English class right off the top. Uh, if you're reading a book, let's say, that relates to a theme of, I mean, th this is all about a theme of, of trust, in particular trust between people in a modern world where, where trust is, it, we don't always have it, right? They're in schools especially, there's lots of security issues and everybody's worried about all kinds of things. Uh, and the website, by the way, I'll, I should say that, it's ncase.me. And it, it uses the theme of, in, there was this event in World War I. So there's a history tie-in too, if that's something you teach. But in World War I on Christmas Day, the soldiers on the front lines um, established a, a truce with each other and actually exchanged gifts, uh, even though they were in the midst of fighting. So it, you know, in this worst possible scenario of deadly battle, these people established uh, trust in each other, complete trust in each other, and then the next day went back to fighting after they had exchanged gifts. So it explores that story and it talks about kind of relating that to modern day and the people you trust and don't and, and why. And it's just a really, really interesting activity that I think could be a strong building block to some larger scale lesson or, or paper maybe that your students are trying to write. So that's ncase.me. I, I can't believe that's a true event. Is right? it a true event? That I've is never a, heard of this. I've never heard of it either, but um, they, it seemed legit. I didn't. I get. I should. I didn't like fact check this, but they claim, yeah, this is actually something that happened. Interesting. Very interesting. My next one is called Generation Genius. It's a K eight teaching resource that brings school science standards to life through fun and educational videos paired with lesson plans, activities, quizzes, reading materials and much more. That's my commercial. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's like the last two science ones, and I don't know why I went on a science kick, but I, I found a lot of good science resources. I wouldn't use this one because I'm in the high school, but this is K through eight, and as I take a look at it, it's very easy to use. It's in the science realm. Uh, it has eight different uh, areas that you can click on, lesson plans, vocabulary, paper, and online quizzes reading materials, do-it-yourself activities, discussion questions, teacher guides, and exit tickets. So these are all your main activities that you might have in your classrooms. So as you scroll down, 
there's one on multicellular organisms uh, that you could go in and you could take a look at. Chemical versus physical changes. I remember that uh, doing that activity or lab in my middle school uh, experience where I taught in a middle school classroom for eight weeks. Uh, very, very cool. You can compare two-digit numbers. Um, you can have an intro to angles. They have videos on all this and resources that get you going. And what's cool is uh, you can do a trial of this absolutely free. Once again, I love these types of sites, especially if they're paid sites, what I love doing is getting ideas from those. Because typically, if people are paying for them, they're tried, they're true, and you know they made them and they're successful, and that's why they're on the site. But I like to get ideas from those and then uh, see how I can kind of make my own spin off of that. Yeah, a ton of cool stuff at um, Generation Genius. And I think, I hope this doesn't throw us off too much, but because you did a science one, I'm going to actually do my next three resources all at once because they are all science related. So we'll just kind of blast these out there. The first one is called 100,000 Stars. Uh, you can find them at stars.chromeexperiments.com. So cool. The whole website is a visualization of, it starts, you know, some scale zoom out of the universe. You can zoom way in until you're looking at the, the sun of our solar system or zoom way out until you're looking at the entire Milky Way. And it is a really visually engaging way to teach students about scale. You know, because it's easy to, you know, think about being outside of our solar system and going to like the next closest solar system, but you don't really get what that means, right? How far away that actually is or how impossible that would actually be, at least with current technology. So this gives the students the ability to zoom in, zoom out and see like, wow, this stuff is, the distances here are extreme. And it's a, it's a way to give or teach students about that scale. Uh, digitally. Very, very cool. Uh, just a disclaimer there, do not look directly into the sun. Uh, <laughs> we want to make sure that everyone stays safe out there. Vision is important, people. So important. Um, Alright, so that's for the physics or astronomy teachers. Next up, I've got one called Orb Farm at orb.farm. Um, it gives you, on this page, there's um, a, a circle, basically. And in that circle, you can start adding things like uh, sand, stone, wood, water, algae, grass. And then, so that's sort of like the environment. And then the living things you can add, um, there's a microorganism called Daphnia. You can add bacteria, you can add different types of fish. And when you click play, uh, the biome, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word, you, you'll, you can correct me there, but the environment that you've created, it's gonna start playing out what would happen if those things were mixed in like this little digital terrarium, I guess you want to call it. It's going to monitor things like oxygen levels and carbon dioxide levels. So if you have too much Daphnia, you're going to have too much oxygen. And it, this little meter is going to show you that you're in the red zone. So if you add more bacteria or more algae, you can shift that back and forth. It would be a really cool interactive way to let students learn about the interplay of all these different things in an environment and how interconnected all this stuff is. That's orb.farm. And the last science one I'll throw out there, I think is actually something we've shared before. I didn't realize that when I made this list, but it suddenly clicked. It's called O-Search Shark Tracker. 
Um, and it is, it's that, it's a shark tracker. It shows you a map of the entire globe and you can zoom in up to really you know small scale distances and see uh, sharks that have been tagged and watch their movement. This is something researchers use and they made it available to people. Uh, right now I'm looking at just off the coast of New Jersey where we are and there's a white tip shark that's 13 feet long just off the coast of Atlantic City. Uh, and I can see where that shark's going. It's got information about that shark and the last time it was picked up and checked out and how healthy it is and its size and its weight. It's just super cool to, to know that sharks are out there and there's a lot of obvious ways you could use this in your classroom if you are teaching you know, some type of a biology lesson that might tie in sharks. So there's three science ones back to back. I hope I didn't me mess you up there with whichever one you're gonna talk about next. No, I, I think this is awesome. Uh, a little bit southeast of Tom's River right now, Mary Lee, the white shark. It's right there at yeah. 16 feet. Yeah, they got names too. I don't yeah. know. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Cool. There's a 10 foot one named Hallie close by. Mission, a five foot two inch shark, is, uh, you know, a little southeast of Great Bay. That's really, really cool. I had no clue about this. I don't think you did share this one. Yeah, before. maybe, maybe I could be wrong. I but think either you way. Sh uh, shared one with. Uh, like uh, lightning strikes. Oh, that's, yeah, the yeah. lightning tracker, yep, yep. Lightning tracker, I okay. do remember that, but this one is super, super cool, especially if you have a boat. Yeah. And you could get out and you can, you can look at these. All right, so I'll go into my next one, and this is one that um, was at the uh, Teach Better conference, and I don't know, I know I shared it out once before, but that's before I actually met them and talked to them. Uh, this one's called Educational Blueprint or Education Blueprint. I don't know why I add the AL every time I say it, but Education Blueprint. Uh, it's an interactive platform where teachers like you can just go find, uh, share, and rate resources. It's free. You put it up there for free. I know on there I put our Teacher's Guide to Student Podcasting. Uh, that's on there. And you could go over there and rate it. It's a relatively new uh spot but if it's up there the resources are up there and you could rate them you can see what is quality and what is not quality based on the rating and it could be resources like different podcasts to listen to it could be resources as uh you know a science project or a science fair how to run a science fair and, and you could go check that out but there are a lot of different things on there they're free so go check them out uh, my next one is called Share My Lesson. Uh, Share My Lesson uh, is basically a collection of lesson plans and professional development to support students and your goals. So you go there and it says, I'm looking for, you enter in keywords or a lesson, you select the grade level, uh, you select the subject and the resource type and it's gonna come up with a collection of those. Uh, right now, there's a lot of collections for Earth Day, and that's the ones that they're featuring on there. But you could go check those out. So this is another spot to get ideas and also to download and uh, look at lesson plans and resources. And then my last one is called Twinkle. Twinkle is uh, another spot to find a bunch of resources, downloads, and more. Uh, it's very, very cheap for the membership uh it's 
$7 a month and that will get you unlimited downloads and over a million plus resources with resources being added every single day. So if you go over there, if you spend more than $7 on teacher paid teachers throughout uh, a month or you know a decent amount throughout the year, I would strongly recommend checking out Twinkle for uh, some more resources and maybe uh, that might help you out um, you know financially if you're deciding to pay that all right that's uh, that's great and I guess that means I'll close it out with our 23rd website it is called the moth and there's tons of stuff at the moth they started as a, a storytelling website where uh, people could post stories. I'll just read you their little mission statement here. Their mission is to promote the art and craft of storytelling and to honor and celebrate the diversity and commonality of the human experience. There's just so many cool stories. If you go to the website and check it out, uh, you'll see what I mean. And a lot of them you can listen to as well. Uh, so besides reading it, you can actually play like an audio version of that story. This would be a great resource to check out for the beginning of a story writing lesson that you're doing in your class and have students maybe pick and share and build off of something that's already there and they've they have a ton of stuff like a podcast and a radio hour and all sorts of really cool things uh, but the moth would be a great place to go for anything connected to storytelling I think that also wraps it up for this episode. So I'll close us out by saying, do us some favors, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google. Uh, you can find our YouTube channel. Uh, if you look up Got Tech the Podcast on YouTube or on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Like I said at the top of the episode, write us a review. That would be fantastic. Check us out at gottech.com and check out the Teach Better Podcast Network as well, where you can find us in tons of other awesome podcasts. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.